there's so many people, interesting people yeah. to learn from, and it's easier than ever to make to make that connection. Five, even five years ago, it, like it would have been harder to get Kapil Gupta on your podcast, but yeah. you know, he's a direct message away nowadays. My name is Stuart Alsop, and this is my podcast, Crazy Wisdom, where I interview creative people about how they work with and manage the stress that is inherent in creative work. What I've realized over the past 10 years of my research is that anybody who is creating something of value that is significantly different from what has come before is considered crazy. Most of us have a fear, an ingrained fear of going crazy. Uh, so what I'm saying is grab onto that fear, realize that it's there and just go with it because the problems we're going to be facing over the next 20 years require crazy people in order to solve them. Hey everyone, welcome to the Crazy Wisdom Podcast. My guest here is Matt Miller. He's the head of content at Podco Podcast Notes. Uh, they did a, some notes for my, my podcast, Crazy Wisdom, um, a couple times over the last month. And I realized, like, wouldn't it be really interesting to interview them about what they've learned from making podcast notes for the best podcasts over the last few years? So welcome to the show, Matt. Um, love to have you here. Um, what's, uh, what's going on in your life? Um, so I just uh, I got back from a long backpacking trip uh, about a week ago and I spent some time in Thailand and Vietnam and that was sort of um, a trial run at doing podcast notes full-time so I got back about a week ago and I'm just I'm settling in now trying to get into um, more of a work routine and doubling down on podcast notes even further and seeing where it seeing where it takes us that's cool. So you had been backpacking in, in those places before, but this was the first time where you tried to combine both work and, and, uh, and travel. Yeah, um, exactly. So this was, this was the first trip I went with my girlfriend hmm. and, um, this was the first trip that we were, we, you know, we kept working full time and it was, you know, it's a little challenging at first, right? Cause you're in this new environment and this cool country and all you want to do is explore and eat and and all that um but you know i we it, it actually it became easier like we got into a nice routine um so what we would do you know we would we would get up in the morning go to a coffee shop and, and, and work for a few hours and then take a, like a really long lunch break to work out go get some good food do some exploring um then come back go to a new coffee shop do some more work and then you know we'd have our whole nights free so it it, it it was, you know, it sounded challenging. Like I didn't know if we'd be able to do it, but uh, it worked out really well. There was a nice balance. Yeah, I think for what you're doing, because you don't have uh, set times where you need to meet somebody, you're just kind of transcribing notes so you can do it without, it doesn't really matter at what time you do it, right? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I can work uh, whenever and I guess wherever, as long as there's an internet connection. And it, it, it was something we really enjoyed. So like that whole, the digital nomading thing, um, you know, working in new countries, it's, it's something we're going to explore further. Um, we're back home in New York now, but I think probably, you know, come the fall when it gets colder again, mm. we'll probably pick a new destination, maybe Mexico, maybe somewhere down there and, and try it again. Um, and like the whole, with the working, like, you know, in a new country sort of thing, it kind of, it does me well, right? Because if I'm home here in New York, I kind of, it's hard to focus on other things besides work. Yeah. So having other options of things to do, like, you know, going exploring in, in, in these new countries, it's, it creates a nice balance. It's like a nice break in between work. Totally. Uh, it inspires a lot of creativity as well. I've done a lot of traveling. And if you have any places you want to go to Mexico, let me know. I've, I've lived there as well. But, uh, awesome. but there's one interesting thing that I wanted to mention, which is that uh, I've tried remote working, but uh, doing interviews, it's really difficult because that's the one thing where you need a set time 
and mm-hmm. then it it complicates scheduling like crazy. So it's really difficult to um, to travel into new time zones, particularly in Asia, where it's such a large difference in terms of night night and day. Yeah, and the internet is is always like there's always an internet issue. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I don't think I ever got over fifteen. Um, what is it megabytes? per second in any of those cafes. So that might make it a little challenging to do, to do podcast interviews. So uh, I really, I'm really interested in getting into your head and figuring out what you have learned. Uh, Like what are the, you know, the, the big takeaways that you had from doing these podcast notes for, for how long have you been doing it? Um, I think it was back in, it was back in 2000, um, 17 the summer of 2017 that I started mm. and it was just kind of like a, a nights and weekends sort of thing um, so just some background Yoni started the site in I think it was 2015 um, he was working on it for a few years and mm. then I discovered it I had an idea for doing something similar and you know just through Google I came across the site messaged Yoni and we started working on it together and I sort of like took it under my wing over these last two years and like, yeah, like I said, three months ago is kind of when, you know, the first trial run at doing it full time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, now it's my, my main gig. And um, so how, do you guys, how do you guys uh, kind of set the guidelines for what podcasts you think are worthy of, uh, of transcribing? Honestly, it's just like solely what I'm interested in. Yeah. Uh, and as it turns out, like there's there's a whole community of people just like me, just like us, who are into these self help and you know development sort of podcasts. So, like what I'm interested in, there's thousands of other people out there who are also interested in the same thing. Yeah. This is something I thought about a lot because I'm starting to broaden the scope of my of my podcast from just investigating creativity and stress to kind of <laughs> whatever interest I have. And my interests are so varied. Like I, I'm really interested in massage and fascia and the science behind pain and the science behind what happens when you put your hands on somebody. But I'm also really interested in blockchain, cryptocurrency, interested in the history of spirituality and all these like random, random things. And I'm wondering if I can find another group who would really, um, uh, vibe with that content. Yeah, uh, actually, that reminded me of a tweet you had the other day. Um, I, I kind of laughed at it. Do, do, doing a podcast while giving someone a massage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, should, you should you should totally do that. Um, yeah, experiment. Have fun with it. Yeah, I I I really want to do that one because I've found that I've some of the, my most interesting conversations have had I've had when I'm giving somebody a massage because they're super relaxed and they kind of uh, they become really deep conversations. It's either silence or really interesting conversations. Um, yeah, like just to build off that, so, you know, there was a podcast um, a while back. They no longer do it with Neil Strauss and Gabby Reese. They they recorded a podcast every week in the sauna, and <laughs> there's something I don't know if you use the sauna, but there's I like. Do something about that that hot environment you're sweating and you know going back and forth in between a cold shower or a cold pool <laughs> they, they called it the, the truth barrel and you know that's that's a great name because the combination of that heat and you know the, the ice bath or cold shower it kind of just it really makes you a lot more vulnerable and spill the truth right so yeah. someone someone should really take that up <laughs> i i think uh, i think i'll start now yeah. Um, so what has been the biggest thing you've learned or what is the biggest impact doing this podcast has had on your life? Um, so I guess it, it kind of pretty much everything I do now, I think I've learned uh, from the world of podcasting. So maybe I could just kind of like take you through mm. a day yep. and we could go from there. So Right now, um, like we cover all these sleep-related podcasts, and uh, I started really, really, really focusing more on sleep over the past year or so. But I took it a step further um, about a week ago when I got back, and I I stopped using any form of an alarm. And I've used an alarm my whole life, and they're certainly useful, and I guess I'm lucky enough to be in a position now where 
uh, I could wake up without one. But what I'm finding is um, every single day, like if I don't wake up an alarm, I'll sleep for, you know, nine or nine and a half hours. And like, that's a, that's a long, that's a long time. So like my whole life before that, you, you know, when I set an alarm, am I, am I always missing out on that, you know, extra hour, hour and a half of sleep? Um, and who knows like what damage that does in the long term. So lately that's kind of just been, been something I'm doing. Um, I always track my sleep with an aura ring. Um, obviously you, you and many other people probably heard that pop up uh, mm -hmm. in the world of podcasting. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll wake up, I'll usually, I won't eat um, for a while. So I do do some sort of intermittent fasting. I have black coffee right when I wake up. Um, I've tried sticking with a meditation practice, but it's, it's, diffi it's difficult to stick with. Uh, I come back to it every now and then, but um, it's, it's hard cementing that habit and maybe you have some thoughts on that because I think I, I, knew, I think I heard you uh, teach meditation as well. Mm -hmm. um, so like all of those things I've, you know, I've picked up from the world of podcasting. Mm -hmm. uh, another sort of thing, so spring water as well. Um, I stopped drinking tap water after listening to, I don't remember who uh, the podcast that I heard it on, but they were talking about all the, you know, the chemicals and stuff, even if you use a, a, like a Brita filter. So yeah. I, I only drink spring water. So like you'll see, I'll hear something in a podcast and I'll maybe experiment with it and it works for me. I'll kind of just, I'll stick with it. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I picked up for the world of podcasting, uh, working at a standing desk. Um, I like all through college, I always sat down and things like that, but uh, I, I bought a Vera desk and I'm totally converted now i feel so much better working at a standing desk and i think i heard that from kelly starrett um mm. it was so yeah th those are all things and then like um i usually work all morning i'll i'll take a break midday to use the sauna um and obviously that's that's a popular topic nowadays uh in the podcast world and i'll mix that in with the cold shower uh, and usually after that i'll come back do some more work <laughs> and maybe eat like a late lunch around three or four o'clock. So that's kind of when the intermittent fast ends. Hmm. Um, and let's see, after that, I'll take a break, do maybe go to the gym and my workouts are kind of focused on the compound lifts, um, squatting, deadlifting, bench press, that sort of thing. Uh, after that, I'll come back and eat dinner and diet and nutrition. Like I picked up a lot from, the podcast world and I guess the overarching principle principle there is eat more vegetables like every single person could probably double or triple the amount of vegetables they eat mm. and they still wouldn't be getting enough and I, I try to do a good job of that um, so after that you know it's kind of just maybe a little more work come back relax uh, and kind of wind down for the night uh, and you know Continuing with the focus on sleep, uh, it has to do, lots to do with like minimizing the amount of, amount of blue light I'm exposed to at night. Maybe reading some fiction before bed. <clears throat> um, that's not something I used to do. I think I picked it up from podcasting. I'll, I'll hear a few fiction books, and it kind of just it turns off the monkey mind, relaxes you, and gets you into a nice state that then you can go to bed. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my daily routine. You might have some follow up questions. Yeah, totally. So uh, the first one is, have you guys started to transcribe any uh, podcast episodes of the all carnivore diet or people talking about it? Yeah, um, there's there's been a few of those. I think Joe Rogan talks a lot about that, but it's just something like, I don't know, it's it doesn't really sound, it, it doesn't really sound that healthy to oh. me, right? Like, eating meat <laughs> for every single meal. Um, yeah. I understand there's some benefits that people experience and, but I think a lot of those are more so tied to caloric restriction yeah. and giving the gut, the microbiome a rest from other types of foods. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, 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 it's a topic. It's a hot topic, but it's not something that um, I or Yoni have implemented in our own lives. The, the thinking that got me thinking about it was that use it as an elimination diet to eliminate any potential sources of allergen or whatever. So I, I'm, I might give it a try at one point for a limited period of time. 
but I think there's an interesting element of because meat is so satiating, being able to eat that uh, so that you can kind of get everything else out of your diet uh, for a limited period of time and then start adding it, it back in, adding the things that, that don't cause an issue. Yeah, um, it, it can work depending on, you know, what sort of maybe like an autoimmune or, or gut issue you have. But if you're, if you're, if you're healthy, um, I think I'd think twice. Mm. Uh, and so then the other question I have is follow up question, because you guys have done a lot of transcription of Kapil's work and Kapil yeah. is a very interesting <laughs> character because he, people find him in this self-help, uh, self-development type of thing. But at the same time, he's completely like, if you really listen to what he says, he says, this is all bullshit. Uh, so how has, uh, transcribing his podcast episodes, uh, influenced your life? <clears throat> That's a good question. Um, yeah, I guess the big overarching theme is kind of just look for the truth of whatever situation, you know, you're going through. Um, and I think uh, Kunal, the, the guy from the Crazy Wisdom Twitter handle, talked about that on your podcast. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Every, everything Kapil says kind of just it makes you think it makes you second guess, you know, the world of self-development and self-help. Um, but that's not to say it's, it's not useful mm -hmm. and things like that. But I think just the overarching thing I've learned from him is kind of just to question everything, get to the truth of the situation. Mm. But he's, he's an interesting guy. I, I really enjoyed um, <laughs> your, your interviews with him. And I just, I thought it was kind of funny or ironic because uh, he has this, he's, he's like out to get meditation, <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, I think he's, he had a quote, I think it was in a podcast, like ask your meditation teacher if they could silence their mind at will. And I thought that was pretty funny. But, um, yeah, he, he's, he's, an he's an interesting character, um, especially on Twitter. He has, he has some great content. Totally. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's, he's, I've learned quite a bit from him. Uh, yeah, the thing that I get most from him is essentially like it's a reality check on whatever I think I should be doing at the moment because I have this, this, this thing in my head where it's like a constant kind of like, I'm not doing enough, I've got to do more, I'm not doing enough. And whenever what he really expressed or transmitted was this sense of like, what is the actual truth behind what my mind is telling me? what is the truth of what's going on right now in this moment where, uh, and, and it seems like it, it kind of all of that stuff is dissolving now where it's like, I don't really need to pay attention to the voice that's constantly nagging me to do more and more and more. Maybe the most important mm -hmm. thing for me to do right now is actually to just turn my attention towards what is true. What is, what is demanded of me right now at this moment? Yeah, no. It, yeah, that's exactly right. So, uh, so what has been your favorite interview? Ooh, um, let's see. We put out a list of the top 10 podcasts of 2018. And honestly, all that was just uh, self-picked. But one of those on there, I think I put it in the number two slot, was Brandon Stanton, the founder of Humans of New York. He appeared on Tim Ferriss. Uh, it was last year. Did you, did you listen to that by chance? I didn't, no. Yeah, that would be an interview every single person uh, should listen to. His story is absolutely remarkable. Um, so that that would be that would be number one. Uh, Kapil, <laughs> actually, Kapil Gupta had um, it was kind of like when he first came on the scene. Huh. There was an interview he did on the Thirty Three Voices Dialogue uh, last year. I think it was I think it was actually called The Truth. Huh. That was another good one. Um, actually, let me pull up the list sure. here. So I remember, cause honestly, I listened to, <laughs> I listened to so many podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, uh, back another really good one. Um, Dr. Matthew Walker, the sleep guy, when he first came on Joe Rogan, 
uh, last year. That was like the first podcast he did. Mm. That was uh, like podcast of the year, hands down. Um, that just opened my mind and everyone else's to how important sleep actually is. Mm. And I would also say like, there's, there's Naval Ravikant's Periscope sessions. Uh, it's not really a podcast, but every time he does one of those, it's just like, whoa, <laughs> I, I, I have to write everything down. Um, so he's done a few really good ones, but in, in particular, um, for people just kind of like discovering him, there was one he did in June of last year where he went over his uh, is how to get rich tweet storm. Mm. That was, that was like, that was really good. And in many ways, it's kind of similar to the, the podcast, the, the short series of podcast clips he's putting out now. Mm. And, um, another really good one from him was he did one in January of this year. I don't remember the date exactly, but, um, it was right before he started his short podcast series, but that was also like a really, really, really good one. I don't know if that's just a recency effect, but, um, yeah, that was definitely one people should check out. Let's go into the recency effect. What's that? Uh, maybe just, you know, like I hear a podcast and like as it relates to me, yeah. <laughs> like I'll listen to a podcast and think it's a lot better than it actually is because it's one I just listens, listen to. Uh, um, not something I really thought that much about, but that's kind of how I would define it. Um, so you've had this really interesting kind of daily, uh, work where you're listening to a lot of information, learning a lot of information, and then you're writing about the information so that people can read it in on top of, or instead of, uh, just listening to it because listening is a very time consuming. Most people view it as a time consuming, um, thing, even though you don't actually need to listen to the full episode. Uh, so what is the main difference between listening to something or reading it? or even writing it to learn about it. How do those three different ways of learning about something, how are they different? How are they the same? Mm. Um, so I guess like starting, starting with listening, right? Like a lot of these long form interviews are two to three hours in, in length, right? So they're, they're obviously very long and oftentimes uh, you, you can't listen to the whole thing in, in one sitting. So it's kind of hard to, you know, really grasp the key concepts and learnings and take them and apply them to your life. So that's kind of where podcast notes, uh, fits in. And like, if you slide over to reading, you can read a lot faster than you can listen. Like you can listen to a podcast at two X, but everyone kind of sounds, uh, like a chipmunk, but yeah. so reading, you're definitely able to consume, um, content quicker but writing about it kind of like where where what i'm doing here uh that really i find it cements yeah. information um in my brain like key concepts i'll just like i there's a few like quotes i'll kind of just like they're cemented <laughs> in my mind after having written them down and i can kind of just carry them with me you know throughout life and just keep them in the back of my mind this is really interesting because as you were talking, I just realized there's another one which I'm now doing, which is reaching out to people and having one-on-one -on -one conversations and learning from that, which is very, very effective. One of somebody who interviewed me, Alan Sakian, uh, he, he talks about Sigma 2B, which is that uh, they did a bunch of studies over people learning um, in school situations. And then I forget what the two first types of learning are, but it's the normal ones where you read or write or whatever. And then the third one is one-on-one -on -one tutors. And those people who have been tutored far, far outperform those who, those who do normal um, uh, learning uh, like that. And then uh, something else that came to mind was um, I did a lot of, I've been cutting my episodes into short clips. And I did that one with Kapil's episodes. I cut out a lot of short clips because he had so much, uh, uh, so many interesting things to say. And now I have Kapil's voice ingrained in my head because I listen to those segments over and over and over again. Um, it's all a scam. Everything is <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. 
Uh, so it's, yeah, it's really interesting because it, and it seems to come into this essentially this, I don't know if you've heard of spaced repetition, um, the, or the, uh, forgetting curve, the, that about 90% of everything we learn is gone within four days. But if you, uh, test yourself at that right before you're about to forget it, it strengthens the memory and then we'll take about eight days to forget, forget, uh, forget. And then it's an exponential on top of eight and then off of that. So, uh, uh, what you're doing is you're, you're listening to a piece of content and then you're writing about it. You're going back to it a day later. So it's never, it never disappears. Yeah. I mean, like if you, you know, relate this to like school, right? Like I, I got an engineering degree, but I guarantee if <laughs> I was, you know, I just hear the stuff in class and I, I, I studied it, but you know, I, I guarantee if I took a test now based on the same material, there'd be no shot at, at me passing. Um, but yeah, I just, I just want to kind of like piggyback on something you said about like the, the tutoring, the one-on-one. -on -one. Um, it's, I, I definitely agree that that's kind of when you learn most effectively and when things are really cemented, um, because of like all the, like the health information I picked up from the podcast world, that was something I kind of wanted to get into, um, launching like a, like a side health consulting uh, service with podcast notes. It's kind of still in the beginning stages, but it's something I definitely agree with. Interesting. So you're going to start helping people based on all the stuff you've learned uh, in the podcast. You're going to start helping people with their health. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's something I'd like to do eventually. Like it's, um, it's, it's hard, you know, we have, we have an audience and I'm kind of just looking for more ways, uh, you know, I can lend a helping hand, um, um, but it, it's still in the beginning stages. Yeah. So something really interesting, I just had a conversation with somebody here in Silicon Valley who's, who's trying to build technology to make podcasting easier, both for the, the, the podcasters and also for the listeners. Uh, and it's really interesting because what seems to be happening right now is that audio is taking, it's like web 2.0. Are you, are you familiar with web 1.0 and then web 2.0? Not, no, not really. Um, oh, I'm going to butcher this, but uh, Web 1.0 <laughs> is, uh, is essentially the internet, the first internet. You get AOL, you, get, you, know, you can go to different websites and stuff like that. Web 2.0 is social networks completely having walled gardens. Uh, so you get Facebook, you get Twitter, you get like an actual silo of, of content that doesn't, that, that, and that, the incentive is to actually keep you within that, that silo. Uh, and so now we seem to be entering some sort of new thing. And I haven't heard of anybody else talking about it. I've heard of that little kind of blips about audio being this or that. But it seems like we are now transitioning from a visual representation of the internet to an auditory representation of the internet. Um, and podcasts are the first one. Other examples could be Alexa. Uh, um, other examples could be, uh, you know, workouts that are delivered audio or short mini podcasts. So so there's something happening where where the internet is now being represented represented in auditory form as well. So there are all these people in Silicon Valley now kind of catching on to this and are starting to build build. A, I'd actually just had a conversation right before our conversation about somebody doing it for yoga, um, and uh, and so it's it's quite interesting uh, um, where it's going. And what are your, what are your thoughts as podcast notes? Where are you guys going to take this? What is the, what is the goal? Are you guys going to start using technology? Cause I, I don't know if you guys are aware, there are people who are starting to, to uh, use, use technology to do similar stuff to you, to what you guys are talking about. Uh, yeah. I mean, so I guess just with, with podcast notes, like, um, Yoni would have his thoughts and I'll just it'd probably be similar, but we kind of just tend to take it like month by month <laughs> or mm -hmm. week by week. Right. Like one uh, of kind of like the overarching themes that I've learned kind of from listening to so many podcasts is that opportunities kind of, they come out of nowhere, right? Like you can't really predict yeah. the future. Like I never would have predicted six months ago that you reach out so we can have this conversation and then, you know, who knows, where this leads, maybe someone else listens to this and then I go on another podcast. Um, so in terms of looking ahead, uh, you know, we kind of just, we don't, <laughs> we don't really, it's, we, we kind of tend to focus on the short term and, um, 
let things play out. But in terms of like the podcast space in, in general, uh, it's, it's really interesting. It's kind of like still at its, its infancy um, and it's growing and growing and it's, it's really cool to be a part of it. Um, things that kind of like I'm noticing in the technology space, uh, I think we're seeing like a trend more towards shorter and shorter podcasts and almost like a movement towards clips, mm-hmm. right? So like Naval Ravikant is putting out these short audio clips of a longer conversation. Um, you mentioned that you did it with Kapil Gupta. Mm. People are <clears throat> like they mm. to advertise for an episode on Twitter. Like they'll put a short audio clip um, and they'll, they'll have a tweet and that like draws someone to the episode. So you could do that. You could, you could do what Naval's doing. You could release the episode um, as a clip. Um, so yeah, like the movement towards shorter and shorter podcasts, but like, not only that, similarly, um, I started like, remember Kapil Gupta's podcast that he's kind of like stopped doing. Those are only, those, those are only like 10 to 12 minute episodes. Right. But they were like, so, so good. Well, um, yeah. yeah. And there were a few other people I follow. Like there was this guy on Twitter, Mark Bovere. He had a short, like, it was almost like an audio blog. It was only like five minutes long, but he released it as a podcast. And it was it was really good. So I think the industry is is seeing a movement towards clips. Like Overcast just um, released their thing, right, where you can where you can chop up a short segment and send it to a friend. Uh, and like shorter and shorter podcasts overall. Yeah, interesting. And I heard the I heard a um, a stat yesterday that about twenty two percent of Americans know what a podcast is. So if you talk to you know hundred people, only twenty two of them will actually know what a podcast. The rest of them will be like, "What? What? What, what the hell is that?" Wow, um, that's a, that's a really interesting statistic. I don't know. <laughs> before you told me that, I don't know what I would have pinned that number at. I think I would have. I think I would have pinned it as much higher, like maybe you know maybe fifty percent, but. I don't know. Yeah, that's 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 still like surprisingly low, and it kind of just goes to show you like how much um, room the industry still has to grow. Absolutely, particularly when you compare it to China, where podcasting is like a thirty-five billion dollar market. Did you know that? I had no, I had no idea. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's really interesting. And that actually, the in China, that it's very common for people to pay for for the content, which is something we're now only starting to see kind of people talk about right now. There is that I forget what they called them the the name of. There is a podcasting platform that uh, is going to start charging for it as well. But that's very common in China. Uh, people actually paying. Is that Luminary, by yeah, chance. Luminary, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I I like I heard the name of the company, and I heard like. I saw their business model, but I don't know too much more about it. Um, But yeah, no, the industry still has um, a lot of room to grow. And like you kind of brought up China. One thing I've always thought about, like here we are in the United States and we have all this great podcast content, like from, you know, the big guys, obviously Joe Rogan, um, Tim Ferriss, like every one of them. But you know, if you don't know English, exactly, that's a problem, right? You're, you're missing out on, on all this great stuff. And it's just, that's just something I've, I've thought about in the past. And, you know, it's a problem that eventually will be solved by someone. Well, I, I want to solve it. Uh, so the, the, there's, uh, I have to think about this all the time. Um, and I've lived in a lot of other countries and I've learned the languages in those countries. So um, there are no national borders to the internet, although China has created one and Russia is in the, in the, in the process of creating one but there are linguistic borders to the internet. So just as you said, the content that's produced in English doesn't make itself its way to Argentina, to Brazil, uh, to Spain, and all these different places, uh, unless they happen to be part of the elite and can speak English with the level of fluency that's required. There are starting to be people who are creating content in these local languages. Actually, Kunal, he was saying that somebody that in India they they are starting to have YouTube channels where they where they create this kind of uh, content in local languages and that's a factor of in- India already speaking English so many people speaking English that they get access to this content and then they can recreate it in another language. So what I want to do is I want to start interviewing people in Portuguese and Spanish and French and creating content in that same way. I think that'd be really fun and also good for my practice. Um, wow! I, I, you say you you know the languages. 
yeah, I, I, can, I can, I've done interviews in Spanish and Portuguese before and I, it's not like, you know, I'm not native, but, uh, but I can, but I can, I can get the point across and it's, it's, it's fun for me. And I think it would be an interesting novelty for, for people in, in other countries to be like, Oh, why is this foreigner doing, doing, uh, doing, doing interviews in this language? Uh, and, uh, French, I'm almost to the point. I think I, maybe in another year or so I can probably do it. Cool. Do you, do you know much about like the podcast markets in these other countries? Like, um, is, is there like a Portuguese Tim Ferriss or Joe Rogan? <laughs> I don't think there is. It's pretty small, but I do think it will grow. Um, okay. and yeah, yeah. I just reached out to somebody who does black, uh, he's works for BlackRock and he does investments in developing markets and he's, uh, I want to do an, I'm going to try to do an interview in Spanish with him. Mm, very nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, so what was the cool what's the coolest episode you listened to this week um let's let's go let's go back here let's um ooh. uh shape well shane paris uh, shane parish on sam harris's podcast was was very good um I love kind of I love when people interview him because uh, I love his thought process around decision making and whenever people dig into that I find that really interesting. Um, also, Casey Neistat was on uh, yeah on this on this week this weekend startup. So I'm a huge fan of his uh, of his work and his videos, and he has um, some really good creative insights. So I think I think that would actually take the top spot for wow. me. Uh, what, what was what was the biggest thing you learned from that? Um, let's see if I can remember. Um, he, <laughs> I'm kind of I'm looking at my notes here, so <laughs> so, so so cheating, but it's yeah. it's okay. Um, he said if you if you don't know what you want to do it in life, spend as much time as you can doing something you absolutely fucking hate, like. <laughs> That's, 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 that's so true. Like, you know, I've, I've washed dishes before and it's not, you know, <laughs> the most enjoyable thing, but it kind of just, it gives you, it gives you some perspective. And he was talking about um, when he was working in the restaurant business back when he was, he was broke. Uh, let's see. There's another learning, embrace your limitations. Don't think of them as obstructions. Think mm -hmm. of them as opportunities. And I've heard that theme pop up quite a bit and, quite a few filmmakers talk about it. I think Darren, Ar Darren Aronofsky on Tim Ferriss's podcast, that was something he, he had mentioned. Um, and then let's see the last one. Uh, this is, you know, I think you and a lot of creative people realize this, the ability to set aside long periods of focus is su super important for creators. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, and that's so true. Like it's kind of hard to get, creative work done in like 30 minute chunks. Mm. And because like, once you get into that flow state, right, if you stop and go do something else, you can't exactly start right back in that same flow state again. Mm. You have to, you know, take the same amount of build up time before you get into that, you know, an equal flow state. Mm. If that makes sense. I wonder, I wonder if you pay attention more to what Kapil offers and what other people offer maybe that flow state becomes natural to the point where you don't need to do anything about it. And that it does actually kind of pervades all of your other activities so that you can become in a flow state all the time. This is something I think about. Um, what do you becoming think? Becoming in a flow state, just maybe you could expand becoming. So, in a yeah. So like even in distraction, you become in a flow state so that it, I wonder if you kind of, uh, cultivate that intuitive insight, which Kapil talks about that even when you're distracted and going from place to place to place, you are still in that flow state and it doesn't cause you that same, you, that what I'm wondering is maybe that time in between re-engaging yourself in an activity does actually take that much time or not, or whether you can train yourself to not trade, take that much time. Uh, okay. Um, I think, I think you can. Um, 
So like one thing I noticed when I, I was traveling, um, maybe this is just me, but you know, like, like I was hopping from coffee shop to coffee shop. I, I'm very good at like sitting down and, you know, I'm starting work and ooh, like I'm, I'm, I'm focused. I didn't even pick my head up. Yep. Other people like that's, that's not at all what happens. Like it takes them, you know, 10 or 15 minutes to get focused and then kind of just, you know, get into that flow state. So maybe, maybe it is something you can learn. Maybe it's something you're born with. Maybe it's has to do with um, the type of work you're doing. So I guess I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Like I really, really enjoy this stuff. So maybe it's a function of that. Um, but yeah, so just like filling off of that one like thing I want to add, like flow state, I think how I would define that is just totally like losing yourself, any idea of the self. And I think Kapil would agree with that, like in your work. So like when you're, when, when you are doing your work, you don't exist. Mm -hmm. All that exists is the work. And that might sound like a little woo woo, but um, anyone who's listened to a few, few Kapil Gupta podcasts would probably probably understand. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Have you guys thought about doing a podcast? Um, we, yeah, I mean, we, we, we've thought about it before. Um, one, one thing we, we, like we put out like a test episode for our Patreons. Um, mm. this was like, I don't know, eight months ago or something like that, where we just like read through, uh, read through the notes. Um, Oh. But I, I don't, I don't know. Like we, we could do a podcast, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a crowded market. Like you, 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 you have to be good to stand out. Uh. Right. Like, so it, it, it's been on our minds, but um, probably won't happen anytime soon. Uh-huh. But all like all it's, it's a great skill to have. Like, I think, I think if you were like a high school student, um, you would probably get a lot more out of, you know, hosting like some sort of regular interview podcast than a lot of, a lot of classes. Right. And you, you, you pick up a lot of skills and I'm sure you can, you agree with this that kind of just translate over into, into life from just talking to people about what they do for a living. Absolutely. No, it's been one of the most, uh, in the last year and three months, I've learned like my rate of learning has gone through the roof and it's just been incredible. And there's been all these spillover effects into my life about, how I communicate with people, how it's so interesting. Cause I would consider myself to be somewhat introverted and shy. Yeah. Uh, and then that it's like, it's almost like because I was introverted and shy and I had to learn all these coping mechanisms, it makes me a really good interviewer because it's almost like conversation was so uncomfortable that I had to figure out how to, how to, how to do it in a comfortable way. And now. How did you do it? Sorry to interrupt. How did you do it early on? Did you just like, cause I think that's what, um, kind of scares off most people, right? Like starting, um, I guess, you know, podcast notes would be at an advantage because we have a pretty decent sized audience, but yeah. someone who has no audience, right? Like, sure, they can, you know, call up the most successful person they know and interview them, but like, who's going to listen to it? So mm-hmm. how, did, how, did, how did you like deal with that in the beginning? I think it actually started way, way before I started the podcast and it was a function of me starting a company in Silicon Valley in San Francisco that the culture here is you go out for coffee with people and you talk about your idea uh, and then they introduce you to other people. And so it started when I, I was in Brazil and I met my business, business partner in Brazil and then we had to raise money so I came back to San Francisco and I started just reaching out to people and I grew up in San Francisco. So I had like contacts in, in tech. And mm-hmm. so I started reaching out to people and just sitting down with them, coffee, telling them about the idea and they would introduce me to other people. And then I'd go meet those people. And then they would introduce me to other people and I'd go meet these people. And eventually the goal is to meet a founder of a company who can either introduce you to their investors or meet the investors directly. Um, and so I found myself being introverted, but then having to, essentially go on a lot of one-on-one coffee, um, get coffee with people and talk about stuff. And I, and so that, that's where I really got the training for, for, for doing the interviews. And then eventually about a year and a half ago, I was just like, Oh, I'm having really interesting conversations with people. I wonder what would happen if I just published these and see if other people thought they're interesting. So 
that and, and then from there. Yeah, and then yeah, I took off from there. And then there's another element too where I was I'm I act I ask quite a few questions on Quora. Uh and and they started paying people to to ask questions uh on Quora and and I was one of the people that they're paying. So I was like, okay, so there is the, there is a way to make money off of asking questions. And then the podcast kind of was like, oh, okay, that's that seems to be the, the way that, the way that I should go with it. Yeah. Um <laughs> this yeah this 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 conversation is kind of like making me just want to say you know fuck it like there's there's probably a lot to be gained from you know interviewing people and oh. and, and learning from them so <laughs> i i think it's clear doing i think it's clear that you guys should do it because what so uh, it came to mind while we while we've been talking is that you guys are really really good at synthesizing information that you get mm-hmm. from uh, uh from podcast into written word and mm-hmm. if you guys were able to do the same thing with the spoken word, you guys would have something there. Yeah, yeah. Um, ah, maybe we will. And like, there's, there's, there's really so many interesting people on, I guess you could kind of call them like second or third tier celebrities on, on Twitter. And, yeah. you know, I, I see you starting to, um, you know, pick away at them with like Kapil Gupta and um, quite a few people who, who you've had on your podcast. Like there's just so many people, interesting people yeah. to learn from. And it's easier than ever to make, uh, to make that connection. Like, you know, five, five, even five years ago, it, like it would have been impossible to get, well, not impossible, but it would have been much harder to get Kapil Gupta on your podcast. But yeah. you know, he's a direct message away nowadays. Yep. And that's the, that's one of the things that surprised me the most is that I thought I would have to use my network that I have in Silicon Valley. And I have not had to ask for one introduction. Like I, I have, it's all been based off of me cold calling people, mostly on Twitter, sometimes on Facebook. Like, and I would say 70% of the people say yes. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's really interesting because all these things that I thought were problems and all, all these things that I thought would go easy, didn't go easy. Like I'm not making money on it yet. Uh, uh, it, it, it's taken a while to get more popular. And so like, but that doesn't matter because I've all all of these amazing benefits of like learning so much and like getting to talk to people who are doing really interesting stuff and really kind of making really interesting connections and then also creating content, which now people are starting to say, Hey, that's really, that's, thank you for this. And and yeah, changing their lives. Yeah. Totally. There was, there was a tweet I saw the other day. It was, um, I think it said uh, like maybe the, the version of let's get coffee in, in five years from now will be let's go record a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think that kind of, you know, yeah. that kind of sums it up. Yeah. Also another thing I wanted to add, which is I think that I used to go to Nassim, Nassim Taleb, I was Nicholas mm-hmm. Nassim Taleb always uh, talks about in Black Swan uh, and maybe particularly in Anti-Fragile about how it's a really good idea to go to cocktail parties because uh, then you can um, open yourself up to Black Swan's. Uh, and uh, yeah. I used to go to parties a lot for that reason, which is that I could meet somebody who, who, who might have value or, or, or who would just be really interesting to talk to. And, uh, and then now I've stopped going to parties cause the podcast basically serves the same purpose. Like it's, huh. it's like a, it's like a cocktail party, uh, that's recorded. It's like a party for introverts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, and what, what I just like, one thing I've noticed is that, um, Maybe I'm wrong, but like all the time you hear the subject of introversion or extroversion brought up on these podcasts. And one theme that I've noticed is that, you know, most of these type A people tend to be introverts, mm. introverts. And I, it's interesting and I'm wondering why that is. It, and it's very common in Silicon Valley. A lot of the CEOs, uh, a lot of people who have done very well here are introverted and I think it just has a factor of like, if you're more comfortable being on your own, uh, then it, 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 a lot of people fear that time being on their own. But if you're not mm. afraid of it, then then it can lead to some some valuable things being created. Yeah, totally. Well, cool. Is there anything that you really want my audience to understand about podcast notes or about you or about, about your life, what you've learned in the last couple of months, anything you want to kind of express? Um, so I guess, uh, first thing would be check out the site podcastnotes.org. Um, give us a follow on Twitter, subscribe to the email list. Um, so like every week we, we, we listen to all these podcasts and then send, send like the top takeaways, um, 
via email and um, we'll tweet out things that we learned from these podcasts on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of me, my life, like, I don't know, kind of like everything I do, <laughs> yeah, all of my habits, um, nutrition, everything I'm into is kind of something I've picked up from the world of podcasting. So um, it's, it's, it's an interesting field. Um, and yeah, you, you can, you can learn a lot from these people, um, as, as we talked about, mm. um, I guess like we'll close it off like two, two, two things. Like remember how I mentioned earlier that <clears throat> I'll kind of like pick up these, pick up these quotes and they'll just like stick with me, um, in the back of my mind, we'll kind of get submitted in there. Two things I've kind of like picked up and I, and I wrote about this, um, a while back. One of them was. I think this was from Brandon Stanton on that Humans of New York podcast I listened to. He said, if nothing mattered but how I was spending my time, like, what would I be doing? What would be most nourishing for me in any given moment? And combine that with something Ramit Sethi said on a podcast from a while back. When you create one opportunity for yourself, oftentimes that opportunity will create more opportunities. So get off your ass and go do something. And <laughs> I, I, I really thought about both of those, like, and kind of like when you combine them, like, what what would you be doing tomorrow if, you know, money was of no object? Like, what if 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 you could just like spend your time and money didn't matter at all? What would you be doing? So like, go do more of that. Like for me right now in my life, I think it's taking notes and listening listening to these podcasts and distilling the knowledge and then sharing them with the general public. So like go start a side project based off of whatever you're interested in and who knows where it takes you, right? Like look at your podcast, Stuart. Like I bet like, you know, when you started it two to three years back, you know, you didn't think of all the people it would allow you to meet. So one out when you, you know, one opportunity creates more opportunities. Um, so yeah, I would, I would combine those two things and uh, get after it. Mm. Yeah, that's that's totally true. Uh, and you said something about it earlier too, and it reminded me of how I just kind of reached out to to Kapil on the last minute. I was just like, I saw something. You know, I'd been following him for a year or so, and just one tweet. I was just like, Oh, do you want to do an interview? And I was not expecting him to say yes whatsoever. And then I do that interview, mm-hmm. and it was one of the most powerful interviews, and also one of the most popular interviews. It's like it represents about half of my downloads so far, um, and. Uh, and yeah, it's just it, like totally unexpected, and it had a profound uh, effect in my uh, in 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 the way that I view life. Uh, so yeah, it's it's just like you said, it's really difficult to plan ahead with this type of stuff because it is serendipity at its core. Um, and yeah, it's, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, serendipity is so hard to. It's it's just you can't plan for it, and oftentimes planning will take you away from it doesn't mean that you should plan. There is, there is, there is, planning is a good exercise, but getting attached to the plan is probably a problem. Yeah, you're here. I'm, I'm waiting for you to get Naval on your podcast. <laughs> so he, he, said he's, he said he's down. He said he's interested. He's just really busy right now. So, but he said he's going to come on. Ooh, awesome. Okay, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited for that one. Um, I look forward to it. Well, thank you so much. And everybody check out podcast notes. These guys are doing some really cool stuff. um, And I wish you guys the best of luck. Awesome. Thank you, Stuart. I appreciate the time. Thanks for tuning into the show. If you liked it, please go ahead and find us on iTunes or Spotify and hit the subscribe button. I'll publish each episode by Monday morning before your commute, so make sure to check in then. And this is a reminder to just own your crazy, because the challenges that this world will be facing over the next hundred years will require us to think way outside the box. As Hunter S. Thompson said, when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. Thanks. Have a great day.